Welcome back to Outtakes, episode three, about 18 months after episode one. So we're, we're going a little slow on these, but we'll get, we'll pick up the pace. Uh, I think we're bringing this back and it's hopefully here to stay. I'm joined by Lila Bromberg, who just sat down with Andrew Terrell uh, the other day. Andrew was back in town for Jake Layman's wedding and we were going to hop on this together. I had a family reunion in Pennsylvania, so, so Lila got the honors and... Uh, Fun conversation. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a great time, you know. Uh, as you all know, Andrew Terrell is kind of known as the funny man on campus. So, you know, we sat down as he was back from a wedding, you know, went over uh, some high expectations for this year's team, how he sees it panning out. Um, also got some great inside stories on some of the guys on the team, some NBA guys, and we went over Maryland's new uniforms, which he has a very controversial opinion around. Quite a controversial thing. So we'll stay tuned for that. That's a little later on. We'll give you the timestamp down below. Anything else that people should really be looking forward to in this? I mean, really with outtakes, you know, as Thomas started it, we're really trying to get, um, you know, voices of athletes out there, get you those inside stories and inside info. And there are a lot of really funny tidbits in this and just um, really cool stories that you're going to want to hear on this year's team and uh, past teams as well. Yeah, I mean, the first episode we did with this was Daryl Morcell and Reese Mona. I talked to them first about the Campus Challenge, where they played all these club teams in, like, dodgeball and volleyball. Um, and then we talked about just, be, you know, being an athlete on campus. We didn't really even talk much basketball. And then the second one was a little bit more sport-focused. It was Ludovica Farina from the women's golf team who qualified for the Women's British Open, which is wild for a college player to do. So, you know, that was more just thoughtful and things you maybe you haven't heard. A lot of the stuff Andrew Terrell talks about, if you follow Maryland basketball, obviously you know it, but uh, hearing it straight from him on a, on a format like this, it'll, it'll really make you think. You'll hear some stuff you haven't heard. Yeah, definitely some funny stuff that you are not going to want to miss. So, here it so is. without <laughs> further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Terrell and Lila Bromberg. I am here with a lot of people's favorite Terp, especially a, a bench legend, uh, Andrew Terrell. What's up? Hey, how you doing? So, Andrew is back in College Park. How's it feel to be back? Feels good, especially the reason. Uh, you know, Jake Lehman's getting married, and it's nice coming back and seeing the old teammates and all that, so I'm, ex I'm excited to be here. What's the first thing you did when you uh, got back? I went straight to the varsity, and uh, I've had the same room for a couple years now with Anthony Cowan, Daryl Marcel, and Travis Valman. Went up there uh, with with all of them and just hung out. It was, it was nice. It was a good night. Right. And, you know, what are you missing the most about rooming with those guys, just being in College Park? You're now in the real world uh, adulting, as uh, I say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it depends. You know, there's, there's things that used to irk me. Um, like last night, we made a buffalo chicken dip. Anthony took one bite and left the whole thing out the whole night. Um, stuff like that used to irk me, and now it's, it's very funny, and I, I do miss you know, being around those guys and and all their antics, and they, everybody has their own set of of weird quirks and and things like that. So uh, I I miss being around them, and I enjoy being around them right now because because it's so you know infrequent. So who took over the cooking this past year of Checo gone? Who who was next up to kind of cook for? <laughs> it's funny because it was actually Jenna, my girlfriend. She cooked most of the meals for us. Um, after her, it was. Anthony didn't know how to boil water <laughs> last year. He actually had to ask us how to boil water. Travis used to tell us he would make some dessert every night. 
I'd probably say myself, just, I was the, the all around, um, you know, all around type of guy, clean cook. I was, I was pretty much the, uh, the house person. What's your specialty? Gosh, <sighs> I'm a big spaghetti guy just cause you know, I, I, I do know how to boil the water. Um, <laughs> and it, it makes it a little easier if you know how to do that. Um, but yeah, we, we weren't gourmet. We were, uh, strictly, you know, throw it in a, in a pot and, and let it burn a little bit. Right. So what have you been up to since, uh, graduation? So I'm back home in Indianapolis. Um, it's been fun. You know, I'm, I'm working. I get to work at seven every day. I leave it at six at night. Sounds like a lot of fun. I know. Um, and it <laughs> is, oh yeah, big time fun, but, uh, you know, I've just been working, trying to get my career started. Um, I'm in commercial real estate and development and, uh, it's, it's enjoyable right now, and hopefully it continues to be enjoyable. Right. So while you were at Maryland, you became very well known for your Instagram, and then, you know, you started your blog. Uh, how did you kind of decide to start doing those really funny Instagram posts? Um, they started my freshman year, uh, and I it was the first game of the year, and I was walking to the game with Mello, and he looked over at me and he said, what's it feel like knowing you're not playing tonight? And I just started laughing, just thinking, <laughs> man, this is my first time going into a game that I'm just 100% I'm not playing. And I just wrote about it on my first Instagram. It caught on. And then I started making, you know, little things about it, little jokes like Club Trillion, um, you know, points per warm-up, things like that. And it just took off from there and became a bigger thing than than I thought it would be. Yeah, did you ever think, you know, it would get such a big following? What was your kind of reaction when you started to see that, you know, blowing up? I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be like that. It really all started after my after my freshman year. Um, we were doing uh, some type of podcast or, you know, player interviews where I'd go around and interview different people. And after that, it just started booming and, you know, it started with a couple thousand and then it turned into a lot more thousands. Um, and it was, it was cool to see. And it was, it was awesome. I, I really appreciated how much, you know, people enjoyed hearing what I had to say from a funny standpoint, but also supported me and, you know, saw that I cared so much about the team and, and the success. And then how'd that turn into the, you know, whole blog thing? Uh, that was just out of nowhere. I, I wrote one thing down and it was pretty funny. Um, and Instagram, quite frankly, didn't have enough room. I couldn't write paragraphs on Instagram. So I decided to, you know, go onto a website, sit there and I wrote one blog and it ended up really booming. I got, you know, like 10, 15,000 people to look at it. And I start. I just kept writing it. And then, you know, one thing led to another and it, it became, you know, even bigger than my Instagram. Right. And so I know you used to do the Andrew Terrell show. You did the Instagram, the blog. Would you ever try and go into sports media? Or are you sticking in a uh, commercial real estate? Oh, gosh. Um, it depends. You know, it, as fun as, you know, the first month of a job is, we'll see where it takes me. Uh, if if something ever opened the door and I could go do something really fun with sports, you know, that'd be really tough to pass up. That's my first love. And that'd be a great life. Um but we'll see. It, it all depends where, you know, my job takes me. Right. And, you know, with the team this year, there are such, you know, high expectations right now preseason. Almost every media outlet has them preseason top 10. A lot of them will be like the top seven, um, you know, return, returning seven of the eight leading, you know, scores. What do you think about all the hype and uh, what are you thinking about how the team looks this year? It's cool. 
Um, it's, it's really fun to see. You know, I see them on every single thing that I read. You know, Andy Katz has Anthony Cowan up there, and then he's got the Terps up there. Um, it's, it's really nice to see how, you know, how much belief people are putting into our squad this year because they deserve it. Um, it's not like you just got, you know, four top top 10 recruits um, that haven't proved their worth in college yet. These guys have proved it. And I think that's going to be a big um, reason that it actually works out. You know, you, you got a team that comes in with a bunch of recruits. You don't know how they're really going to be. We proved it last year that, you know, we got some players. Um, we got some recruits that are coming in that, you know, they'll help us too. But they're turning guys. I mean, we got a lot of fire. Um, so I'm excited. I, I am truly hoping that, you know, it works out in our favor and um, we, we do what we're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. You got a lot of, you know, like I said, returning seven of the eight leading scores. And, you know, Jalen Smith obviously came in, you know, as a huge recruit. He's, you know, been almost every mock draft I've seen. And then Aaron Wiggins is starting to show up in uh, a bunch of those as well as, uh, how do you see those guys doing this year and, you know, progressing from their freshman year now into their sophomore season? Uh, it's tough to say just because I'm not around them that much. Um, but, you know, shooting doesn't really leave you. Uh, Aaron Wiggins is one of the best shooters I've been around, and I've been around some pretty good um, gunners. So I just don't see shooting leaving him. Um aggression he can work on and he'll be more aggressive this year I sure hope so um, because he has the ability you know he's getting so much stronger Kyle Tarp does an unbelievable job with these guys and he's getting so much stronger I saw him yesterday walk in the room and he had his shirt off and it, I was just like geez man like bulking <laughs> up a little bit I see and you know he is and he, he looks more confident because of it um, and then same thing with Sticks. you know Sticks is always a happy-go-lucky guy and he's uh you know he's very happy all the time and you know, he he's very optimistic about what's to come. Um, and sometimes you don't see that with a guy that has so much hype around him. You know, he cares about getting through the year and then what's next. And he's very optimistic about this year and, and doing whatever it takes for the team to be, you know, a great team. Yeah, and, you know, I saw that a lot of NCAA tournament last year. I remember you guys were getting ready for the first game, and he was just kind of, you know, pacing the hall. He was just so excited, so nervous, so ready to just, you know, go out there and show up for the team. And he really showed, you know, just how dominant he can be um, in those games. And I have to say, they were, you know, previewing some of the uniforms on Instagram. It looks like he is starting to uh, gain a little muscle, too. You, you know, have seen him since you've been back. Is he uh, bulking up? Is he still going to be going by uh, sticks? <laughs> <laughs> no, he shouldn't be sticks anymore. He pushed me the other day, and, I mean, he's got a little force behind him. Um, but like I said, Kyle, you know, he he does a really good job. I was talking to Daryl Morcel and, you know, just kind of slyly asked if how, how everything's going and, um, you know, what the workouts are looking like and, you know, is anybody getting stronger? And he was pretty straight up that every single person has improved greatly. Um and that's how you win. And it starts, you know, March, whenever we lost, and it ends next March. Um, that's when you stop improving. You can never stop improving because you see teams that come out of nowhere. You know, Texas Tech wasn't anything last year um, at the beginning of the season, and they kept improving. They kept getting better, kept getting better, and then, boom, out of nowhere in a national championship competing. Um, so it's about, you know, just because you start good or are really good at the beginning, that doesn't mean anything. It's all about can you progress, can you get better, can you go from the number 10 team to the number one and stay number one, but also increase your own value. 
Um, and I think that's that's what's going to be telling. Yeah, and you've been around, you know, some really talented teams, you know, especially 2015-16. How do you, you know, I remember when we talked at the NCAA tournament, you know, you were telling us at Tissuto Times about how much heart that the team had. Um, you know, how do you kind of compare this team um, to that team and just in terms of talent and both just like their, you know, togetherness, especially since, you know, a lot of them are returning? Yeah. Uh, Talent-wise, um, that 2015 team was about as talented as you get. But talent doesn't uh, talent doesn't do everything for you. Right, um, exactly. It's not. I I always hated. I I still to this day hate hearing about how 2015 we should have won a national gym. we shouldn't have won a national championship in 2015. You know we didn't have the complete right pieces um, with Dion Wiley getting hurt. It I mean our bench was shattered. We had no one. We had five players really essentially maybe six. Um, that really could produce for us every single night. And, you know, that's really tough um, on a coach to not have a, a deep bench, especially when you have something um, every single – sorry, that's my dog barking – but every single um, night in and out where you've got, you know, eight people that you can rely on like we do this year. Um, I think, you know, hoping there's no injuries, of course, we'll have eight guys every single night that you can depend on to at least go out there and give you everything they got. Um, whether it's, you're not shooting the ball well, you play defense, whether you're, you know, not playing great overall, but you're still just absolute, the hustle guy getting rebounds, things like that, things you can control. Um, and if you're not playing, stand up on the bench, clap, you know, be enthusiastic. And I think this year, uh, a lot of people will see and say after games that the energy level is ridiculous. Um, I think these guys have motors that not many teams in the country will have. And I think that'll prove, um, you know, dividends when when things like that start going down in the Big Ten. It's not easy to have a small bench in the Big Ten. Um, and I think Coach Turgeon will be extremely thankful for that. And I think this year, you know, again, barring no injury, um, people really see how dominant of a coach Coach Turgeon actually is. Um, years past, everybody keeps saying the same things about him. Um, but he hasn't had any players that have been healthy. You know, he's had good players, but you can only do so much with three or four guys. You need a whole bench. You need every single night, and you need enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. So we'll see this year, and, you know, hopefully everybody puts it together and, and everybody stays healthy. Yeah, and, you know, I think that's a big point is, you know, everyone does talk about that team. There is a lot more depth with this team. I remember we did an article kind of just looking at different possibilities for starting lineups, and there's just so much. There's so many guys both – you know, guys who are returning, um, you know, that have a lot of potential and then a lot of freshmen. Um, and I, I think that's really going to make the difference, you know, this year. Do you think that, you know, everything that happened, you know, with March Madness is really going to, you know, drive these guys as well? Oh, yeah. That loss hurt. I, that's, that loss hurt. Um, and it hurt every single person in that locker room almost the exact same. And I know that's going to drive everybody, um, coaching staff down. So I, I have no doubt in my mind that, this team is going to have so much drive and so much firepower behind them. They got experience too. They're not going into a random arena for the first time and, you know, being shocked by it. You know, they're embracing it now. And which, you know, non-freshman do you think, you know, besides, you know, Jalen, um, you know, cause everyone's kind of been expecting that, but is there like a guy that you don't, that a lot of people aren't talking about that you think is going to make a really big leap this year? Um, you'll be surprised. I think Anthony Cowan will make the biggest leap overall. Um, 
he scores a lot and he's always scored a lot, but I think he's going to be dominant um, in more ways than scoring. You know, he averaged 17 points a game. I think he has like 1,500 points in college, which is ridiculous. But I think he's going to be the most dominant player um, in college basketball next year. Right. And then, of course, your specialty, what you become known for, the South Pole. I have to ask, did you make that name? Was it already there? How did uh, that happen? South Pole was, uh, I just thought of it. You know, it, South Pole's cold and we always wore warm-ups. So there had to be a reason other than, you know, we don't get in the game. So... I just thought of the South Pole. I thought of somewhere cold and, you know, North is usually good. So South is always bad. And we're just at the South end of the bench. And that's, that's just how it came up. What's your favorite memory from uh, your four years? with Uh, We used to get in a lot of fights with the refs. (laughs) Um, We would, we would always be, you know, on their case and we always made that, you know, a little bit tougher for them. They liked us. Um, except for, you know, a couple of the Big Ten refs, which, I mean, Big Ten refs, what can you do? Those guys aren't very good to begin with. Um, but we always, you know, made it a little bit tougher for them. So is Travis ready to, you know, lead the towel boys to lead the group? <laughs> Travis is uh, Travis is a pretty boy. You know, he I don't know if he is ready to, to lead that, that group. It might be Reese. You know, Reese, Reese has a little more of that oomph with him. You know, Travis is more of uh, stand in front of the mirror for about an hour and, <laughs> and make sure he looks good type. And what advice did you give them before you left? What are kind of the keys to running uh, an awesome South, South Pole? Oh, you just got to have fun. You got to have fun. You got to make things light. But if you see something, say something. Um, you know, if, if you see somebody in that coming off a screen or you see somebody on the other team that, you know, has a tendency, let them know. We have a mutual respect. Uh, one through 15, I think 15 guys are on the team this year. Um, and every single person respects the other person just as much. Uh, you know, Anthony or, or Mello back when I was younger would come up to us and, you know, ask us what, what, what we see. Um, so it, it was very clearly a mutual respect all the way down. Right. And I have to say over the past, I think last season, I saw a lot of improvement. You know, you've always had your towel game very strong, but I feel like I saw some improvement from some of the other guys. Have you been teaching them all the different celebration and towel techniques? Oh, yeah. Uh, we have sessions in the locker room. You know, after practice, we hold a 30-minute session um, just on purely technique and, you know, getting the rotator cuff all worked out so you can get, um, you know, optimal spin and, and high-velocity wins. Right, and that's where the you know training with Kyle Tarp comes into. Exactly, he does a lot of shoulder work for us. A lot of shoulder work. And you know, you were known as one of a really you know funny high energy guy on the team. Bruno was really known as that you know high high energy guy. Who do you see kind of taking over as a funny man this season, or uh, really just bringing that energy to the room? Um, I think that'll be the difference because it'll be energy from all different places. Um, and I think they realize that energy does need to be brought because um, Coach Turgeon says all the time, nothing great is ever achieved without enthusiasm, and it's 100% true. Um, you can't go in there and loaf. Uh, and I think 1 through 15, everybody will have to bring a little bit more just because we did lose a guy like Bruno. Bruno, I mean, it was impossible to be around him for, you know, two hours because he's always screaming high <laughs> energy. You, you want to go take a nap. But that, that was everything to us. You know, without him, energy would have been low the whole year. So I think 1 through 15, everybody will. And I think Anthony Cowan will, will completely register that and, you know, set the meter. 
Right. And then, you know, of the freshmen, have you talked to, you know, them, you know, being back or while they were kind of coming in, who, what do you think of, you know, that class so far? My, my freshman? Like, uh, no, of the freshmen coming in now. I don't know if you've oh, talked to oh, them oh. at all or you've um, seen them at all. Yeah. I've, uh, so the twins, I know the twins really well. They're always with us. Um, I really like them. They are very loyal people. Um, and they're a lot more mature than you'd think, but they are kind of, uh, um, on the court, they're mean. They're, they're really mean. Um, and that's, that's going to be key for us. I think if they, they keep that energy, um, you'll see a little bit more of a bad boy look with them, uh, which I think will be awesome and you need that. Uh, the other freshmen, I don't know very well. Um, Dante, I know, um, and he brings that Philly edge. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of that rough kid, and he'll get into your body, um, but he's a great guy off the court. Um, and then the other freshman, Don, uh, other than Dante. Yeah, Hakeem Hart, Troll Mariel. Hakeem Hart, um, I never met him. He was a late sign. Um, and then Troll, I met him a couple times, very quiet, but, I mean, he's the tallest dude I've ever seen in my I mean, entire life. that is life. insane. 7'11 wingspan. Mo Bamba goes to the combine at 7'10. That's the highest recorded mm-hmm. wingspan in combine history. And now here we've got a guy with a 7'11 wingspan, which is just insane. Yeah, it is. He uh, he walked into our apartment, and I'm laying on my bed, and I have a view of the door. And I couldn't see him because he was he was literally, like, I'm talking his head was dragging across the ceiling. I mean, he's the tallest dude I've ever met. So Yeah, that'll be interesting uh, for me. For those of you who don't know, I'm 5'2". I would go up and say hi to Bruno before games, and I think I would make it to, like, maybe his, you know, middle stomach at best. Yeah. So it'll be interesting uh, trying to interview a guy who's, you know, almost 7'3", 7'2". Oh, yeah, it'll be ridiculous. Now, uh, as a lot of you know, this kind of blew up on Twitter. I made this graphic, the Maryland Ultimate Team. Um, so what we did for those of you who don't know, I made a graphic where you create the ultimate Maryland basketball starting lineup. So we've got five guys that are worth $5 and then it goes down four, three, two, one. You have $15 to spend. You need five guys. Now, before we get into this, one misconception a lot of people had with this was that we were saying these are the only, uh, like top 25 players. We wanted to have a mix of young guys, of old guys to not just, you know, straight up do like the, you know, best guys. Yeah. Um, so I know you reply to us on Twitter, remind me what would be, uh, kind of walk me through your starting lineup and the, you know, why you would make the choices you would make. Uh, Len Bias was one. Um, right. You, you can't have a Maryland team without Len Bias. You just can't. Yeah. And I never, you know, I, I've, I don't know much about that history. I've just heard that dude was a bad man. Um, so I, I want that guy on my team. Uh, second was Mellow Trimble. Uh, he would have broke the all-time points record pretty easily. Um, and quite frankly, he was, I don't care what anybody says, he was one of the best players in college all three years he played. Yeah, and he's dominating in Australia right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin Herter, he was my other. Not only is he just handsome and <laughs> my greatest friend, but he... Uh, there's not a guy in that list, and again, I don't care what anybody says, that can shoot the ball better than him. Um, and if you do want to compare that, we can compare that in 10 years when, when he's got $100 million in the bank. Um, and then you got a guy like Jake Lehman, who, again, just one of my best friends. I loved being around him. Um, but that dude, nobody understood how much that dude did, to, did for the program, um, how much he gave away in sacrifice of his own game 
um, you know, to try to fit into a 2015 lineup that was just absolutely stacked top to bottom. And, you know, there were people that had to, had to sacrifice and he was one of them that was willing to, um, you always need that. You can't just have, you know, dominant players and nobody sacrifices. And he did. And he was in the NBA because of it. Um, I think this is going to be his fifth year. Uh, and he's, he's going to make a lot of money in the NBA. He's six, nine, super athletic and shoot the heck out of it. Um, and then the next one was Bruno. Um, I mean, Bruno was one of the best teammates I've ever had. High energy, and uh, he averaged a double-double. I mean, he had a couple games of, like, 25 and, like, 20 this year. Uh, again, you can't name me somebody on this list playing in as physical of a league that was as dominant as Bruno in, in college. Right, and I feel like that was so under-talked about around the draft. Like, he was one of the only guys in the draft to average a double-double. Yeah. And it's interesting because you saw so many teams now drafting more for what they see as kind of, like, promise and not actually, like, a guy producing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a bit, I don't know, interesting. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, so my starting lineup, Bruno was one of the guys I left out, which I felt so bad about because he was a guy that I really, really wanted on mine, uh-huh. but I couldn't pass up on Len Elmore. Yeah. Um, cause like he, av- like his average was insane, like just in terms of rebounding steals points. So what I went with, uh, you know, gotta have Len bias, of course. Uh-huh. And then I had uh Len Elmore just, you know, both, you know, lens for Maryland have just been insane. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Mello, I think, like you said, I think a lot of people don't realize how good he was just in terms of finishing, like he would have so many games, you know, over 30 points. And mm-hmm. I think that. A lot of people kind of forget that a little bit. And then uh, Kevin Herter, because then you've got, you know, the two sh- really good shooters in there and Mello and uh, and Kevin. And I think the last one I did, because I have $1 left, I did uh, Keith Booth because he's another good guy. Um, some people were upset we put him in the $1 category, but there are just so many good options that yeah, exactly. you know, it was kind of hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think that SVP, he, like, responded to us, like, impossible. You ruined my day. Mm-hmm. Um, he still has not gotten back to us about a starting lineup. It was too hard oh, for him to won't. choose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely won't. So now another thing we're going to get into, uh, they started showing the uniforms yesterday. Were you at that, you know, media day when they are all shooting the photos and No, stuff? but I saw them. I, I, people were taking pictures and, and sending them my way. It was, uh, I like them. They look good. What do you think of them compared to, you know, past years? Uh, there's not many this year. Uh, we're not going to have, you know, a billion uniforms. I think we're trying to tone it down a little bit. Um, at least that's my understanding. I might be wrong on that. But, you know, I like them. They look, they look really nice. And, you know, they fit everybody pretty well. And it looks like they're, I mean, it makes everybody look a little bit stronger than they probably are. But uh, I like them. You know, they, they're not baggy. And... Uh, they're very simple. And, you know, as much as Maryland loves their flag, <laughs> from an outside perspective, it's not that cool. And Oh, come on. You can't say the Maryland flag isn't cool. I'm not a fan of the Maryland flag. I'm not at all. Um, I, but I <laughs> really... It might be because you're from Indiana. It could be, but <laughs> I just have never been a fan of the flag. You know, it looks good when they're waving it in the crowd and things like that, but I, I like simple. I'm a simple guy. You don't... And I hate to say it, and I know everybody hates, you know, the Dukes, the IUs, the North Carolinas. Simple is better. And I think that's the way to go. And you don't need, you know, 100 jerseys. And I think we're making it look really good this year. 
So I have a bit of a different view. I think I think maybe it's just because I'm from Maryland. I love the flag. Mm-hmm. Um, so Every I was, Maryland person loves the flag. How can you not love the flag? All my teammates are just <laughs> obsessed with it. It's great. I see how it could be for people that live here, but I mean, what is Indiana's flag? I don't think it's anything like. I don't even know what to, it is. Exactly. I don't know what it. Is. Yeah, you're exactly. right. Exactly. The right. Maryland flag is dominant. Yeah, it dominant in color. It's just like <laughs> it looks like a blob, and then four sections. It's just. I guess you could see it as cool, but I, personally, I just didn't like looking at it as so much as I had to look at it. you glad you revealed that now, because I feel like if you revealed that while you were in the program, people would have been upset. Yeah, I'm sure they <laughs> still will be upset. <laughs> but I don't know. I was like, I love the black one. The black is definitely my favorite. I think I thought the other ones were a little too simple, though, mm-hmm. seeing the back view, um, I kind of liked it a little bit. I'm kind of getting more into it now, but I was feeling the flag presence gone a little bit which made me a little sad yeah. um i'm hoping they do some special editions we're going to get into some of we're going to be doing uh in a couple weeks releasing a kind of march madness style bracket but with the best uniforms in maryland oh, there history. we go that'll be cool so we have some of the ones that you that were around while you were here um what was your favorite i'll let you kind of go through it a little bit you know you got lucky because you guys did a lot of really cool things with under armor starting out like you guys did this throwback uh, uniform, the Black Ops, I think, are one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you guys did, like, the Heritage one. You guys did a bunch of really cool ones. If you were to pick a favorite, what would it be? Uh, Red Ops. Uh, I think we did that Oh, against... I forgot to put that on here, didn't I? I think we did... Um... I think that was Purdue a couple times. I love Red Ops. I think they're the coolest jerseys that we have. Um, and that's really why I changed my number, was... It was partly because of Kevin, but it was almost entirely because I wanted two sets of jerseys, <laughs> um, the four and the 24. And, you know. That's a smart move. And we got we got like 100 jerseys. I think I got like 50 jerseys. So it was really cool. Um, I also liked the throwback Maryland ones. Those are really awesome. Uh, the white ones we wore them against Georgetown my freshman year. Um, those are awesome. They are really comfortable, too. Uh, and then... Gold Rush is always cool just because, you know, the Gold Rush is always one of those times. And then the gray jerseys is the coolest jersey in in Maryland history. Besides, you know, I saw a video of uh, Steve Francis the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did some round-the-back dunk. And um, that might have been one of the coolest jerseys I've ever seen, too. I never got to wear it. But, you know, if they ever brought back some of those old Maryland jerseys, pfft. Yeah, I want them to sell. do a throwback this year. Like, I It'd feel like awesome. that would be awesome. It would be awesome. Um, especially since, like... I feel like, you know, if they make the tournament and are getting kind of to a point where they haven't been before, like, you got to bring back some sort of throwback of, you know, yeah. the 2002 year. Yeah. But I have to say, I you like the gold up. I think that for me, I don't like the gold because I was a photographer for two oh, years. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I probably need to put the gold, ups on, the gold stuff on this list. But for me, like, it washed, like, take Kevin, for instance, mm-hmm. those jerseys. I love Kevin, but those jerseys washed him out. Oh, yeah. And well, they he was washed the palest out a lot dude of, yeah. ever. Oh, yeah. He definitely threw off the color balance a bit. Oh, yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. The red on top, absolute <laughs> pale white lotion, and then the gold. I can see it. But, yeah, all the photographers, we had a running joke where we just hated the gold ones because even, like, anyone on the team, it just didn't work well for a lot of guys' skin tone. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to need to put those on. There's some that I liked, but I think just my, you know, previous photographer bias – um, didn't like them, but I think maybe since I'll be, you know, just, just writing this season that maybe I will come around to them a little yeah, bit. We'll yeah. see. Um, so speaking of Kevin and some of those guys, there are a lot of just awesome 
Terps in the NBA right now. Like, oh, it's yeah. insane. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're going to get into some of that. I guess kind of starting with Kevin, since we were just talking about him, you know, what did you think of his, you know, rookie season? How much did you get to watch? You know, obviously he got all rookie second team and just really, you know, established himself, not just as a three-point shooter, but someone, you know, who we all knew could do awesome dunks and was, you know, he just proved how athletic and how skilled of a player he was. Uh, no, he was great this year. Um, I think he really showed people uh, exactly how good of a pro he is. Sometimes you're really good in college or sometimes you're a really good pro. Um, and he turned out to be a really good pro. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't think he was ready yet, but there's always a place for somebody that can shoot the ball the way he can. Um, all rookie second team was, you know, obviously highly impressive. Um, that'll take him a long way just off of that. We we're actually in Myrtle Beach this year with him um, when he got announced all rookie second team. And it was it was cool seeing the joy on his face. Um, and I think he knows he deserved it. And, you know, we all made him understand how much he actually deserved it. Um, what was his reaction to that? He was so happy. Uh, he doesn't. He's not a very emotional guy. Where he's like screaming, running around, and stuff. Unless it's about somebody. Right, he's very chill. He's very chill about <laughs> himself. Um, he's very modest. So he's he would never, you know, run around excited for something that he did because he expects things like that. Um, and he was he was proud, and you could tell, and he should be. And that's a that's a huge accomplishment, and it couldn't have happened to somebody, you know, that worked harder or uh, deserves it more. And did you talk get to talk to him at all? A big thing of his season was that jersey exchange with oh, yeah. Dwayne Wade. What did he? Did you call him after that? What was kind of a reaction you got from him after that? Because just seeing in in that video is great. He just looked so surprised, and you could just see how like excited he was. Like like you said, he doesn't show it outwardly, but like you know, as someone who you know was covering for him year, you can tell when a guy gets excited, and oh, yeah. you know, you could tell even though he wasn't like screaming or anything that he was you know really taken aback by that. Yeah, uh, I actually I probably talked to him almost every single night, or we'd play Fortnite or something. But we he's actually one guy that I, I talk to just every single day, um, and. He didn't even say anything about it when I was on the phone with him. And I have two TVs <laughs> in my room. And, well, we were playing Fortnite. Right. And I have two TVs in my room. And I had one hanging up, and it was on ESPN. And I'm sitting there playing. And we're talking about something else. And I look up, and it's – and I'm like, bruh, did you and Dwayne Wade, <laughs> like, exchange jerseys tonight? What the heck? And he was like, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Like, you know, it was a really fun time. And I was like <laughs> – that's kind of a big deal. That's like one of the greatest things that could ever happen to somebody in the NBA. That's that's awesome. And you know, he was excited about that. And I went out to visit him in Atlanta or yeah, in Atlanta, his apartment in Atlanta. And uh, you know, he's he's got that puppy framed up and that's going to be pretty cool for him to put in his man cave. Yeah, I am currently working on an interview with Dwayne Reed right now. I got to talk to his son for an article I was doing for USA today. His son is insane like too. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, and so also, you know, with Kevin, like, you know, like you said, you've been around him a lot. When did you kind of realize that he had this kind of NBA talent? First time in the summer. I, I said, and no pressure, no added pressure, but I said the same thing about Aaron Wiggins. Um, there's something about somebody that's really athletic and can really shoot the ball uh, that you, it's pretty tough to pass up on. And, you know, people can say whatever they want about um, dominance, if you can shoot the ball the way, you know, Kevin can, you see that right away. And I remember the first time he went out there, he doesn't feel nerves. 
You know, he's he's out there and his first practice, just back to back to back to back. And I'm just like, all right, this guy, you know, this guy has a little something in him. And then he comes down, he plays defense, he goes, gets a dunk. And I looked at Travis and I said, he's a, he's going to be a pro in, in like three years. After his junior year, he'll be a pro. And then, you know, it turned out being a year earlier. But I, I knew right away that he had what it took and, you know, his family, you know, taught him the right way and he did things the right way but he also he, he has no brain and I say that about a lot of people uh he if he airballs one I'll never forget he airballed one against Minnesota at Minnesota right in front of our bench and it was wide open corner three kick out and I looked I was like what the heck was that very next possession he came off a down screen on the left wing came up to the top you know step in just dagger three fade away and it was it was key moments of the game. So I thought he was nervous at first. And then he did that. And he, I mean, it was just absolute bottoms. And I just looked around. Dude just has a big brain. I, I don't know. He just, yeah. he has big balls, big nuts. <laughs> and he's he's unbelievable when it comes to uh, the moment. He, he doesn't feel pressure. He just, he knows what he has to do. Shoots the ball the same way every single time. Look back at Michigan, um, his freshman, sophomore year, maybe. Yeah, Michigan, his sophomore year, we ran a play, threw it to Bruno in the post, set a down screen for him to come out to the top of the key, um, straight up the lane, and he he put us up one. And then, obviously, we ended up losing that game on a last second, you know, couple free throws. But still, it was, it just shows, you know, how how big time he is and, and how much grit he has. And I think a lot of people don't, realize or get to see is just how intelligent he is about the game like I remember we would have interviews with him and you know just the way he talks about the game Mm -hmm. you can just tell that he is such a complex understanding of every aspect of what's going on and I you know I've never really heard a player um, talk that way about basketball as he would in interviews yeah he's he's brilliant when it comes to basketball Um, he's, he's very smart off the court you know he's in the business well was in the business, I guess is in the business school. Um, he doesn't really need it, but, you know, he, he's pretty brilliant. Yeah, and, you know, there's been a big debate about his nickname. While he was at Maryland, you know, everyone was in the Red Mamba, and then on the Hawks, people started calling him Red Velvet, and I think my one of my favorite segments of the jump this year, I don't yeah. know if you saw it, they did Ronald Threesley. Uh-huh. Now, I didn't realize until that segment how much he, the similarities, like, yeah. I never realized how much they looked alike, and I personally, I don't see that as, like, a serious nickname, mm-hmm. but I loved that. What is your nickname preference? Oh man! Uh, or do you have an, do you have another one that you think should be instituted? Uh, I'm more of a mama won't hurt her or something like that. <laughs> um, we got the hurt locker as a suggestion too, which I really like. Yeah, that is good. Uh, he he doesn't really care. Um, I don't believe he doesn't seem like he cares what it is. Um, I want him to figure it out so he can you know trademark it and start making some dough off of it. Uh, but he obviously doesn't care and you know, whatever sounds best, and I'm sure something will stick. You can't really, other than, you know, scowl, you can't really self-proclaim yourself something. So I think uh, I think it'll stick here in time, especially when he starts gaining a little more traction with popularity, um, even more than he has right now. Yeah, and I have to say, I think, you know, uh, Trey tweeted something that um, someone had shown him that was like, you know, because he goes by Ice Tray, and it was like Ice mm-hmm. and Fire, and I also really liked yeah, that that, that duo. That is good. Um, Until somebody gets traded, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now, 
you know, Bruno got drafted and we'll get into your reaction, you know, with that. But, you know, we've got now three Terps uh-huh. on Atlanta. Like, what was your reaction when he got drafted and then, you know, seeing that he's going to Atlanta? We need one to come to, you know, Indiana. That's what <laughs> I really want. I could care less about the Hawks. You I want. I want a full-fledged Hawks fan now? Because, like, I think I have to. I think you have to be. Oh, no. I'm a Bruno Fernando fan and I'm a Kevin Herter <laughs> fan um, and a Jake Lehman fan. And that's it. Other than that, I'm a diehard Indiana Pacer. Um, you know, I want them to do really well. If they win a, you know, NBA championship, I would freaking love it. But I love those guys. I, I don't necessarily care for the Atlanta Hawks other than them um, or the Minnesota Timberwolves now other than Jake. Um, that's just how it'll be. Uh, I'm very excited for Kevin, though, um, and Bruno. It, it's very hard to Alex adjust. There too. Yeah, Alex, too. And it's very hard to adjust, you know, going to the NBA, I'm sure. Uh, Kevin went from coming back to the apartment playing Call of Duty or Fortnite with us all night to, you know, he's going to an apartment by himself and his teammates are going back to their families. Uh, And that'd be a hard life. It'd be a really rough transition. I'm really glad Bruno doesn't have to go through that alone. And I think that'll help um, both of them a lot. And I think they'll succeed because of it. Yeah, I remember Bruno was getting drafted. And for me, like, I, you know, passive, you know, even like in a lottery, like, I was like, this is like, you know, you know how great he is. I, oh, yeah. You know, he averaged a double double. He's so athletic. I knew he had this talent. And so it was kind of frustrating not seeing him go first round. But then you see he goes to the Hawks. And I was just like immediately just so excited. Um, and Terp Nation was getting very excited for that. So do you prefer Atlanta Terrapins or the Terplanta Hawks? Terplanta Hawks. Really? Nobody... I'm not Atlanta Terrapins person. Really? Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I like Terp. I like the nickname um, Terps better mm-hmm. than Terrapin, but I'm, I, I like both actually. You know, I never really thought about it, but both are really good. And I'm just happy that, you know, we can even create a team with Terp or Terrapin or Maryland in it because there's so many on one team. Uh, it speaks to our university. Right, and you mentioned you were here for Jake Lehman's wedding. He mm-hmm. had a big summer um, signing the biggest contract of his career, three years at $11.5 million. How uh, hyped were you for uh, for that? Yeah, I was sitting out by a pool. Uh, I think it was July 4th or July 3rd. July 3rd. I was at a concert, and I had to, I had to leave to go uh update our article my mom was upset because we were at a concert Mm. there you go work never (laughs) stops um but yeah when when i heard it i was out by a pool and i looked down at my phone and i got a i was getting a facetime and it was jake and he's like hey man i'm like sup and my first reaction was oh my gosh he's getting picked up by the pacers and then he's just like really wanted that oh i was praying it i every day i texted him about it tell your agent tell your agent um (laughs) And then he told me it. He told me what the contract was worth. And, you know, oh, my gosh, three years, $11.5 million. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, you know, obviously, in NBA terms, you got guys signed $175 million. Uh, $11.5 million is, is family-changing money, and he understands that, and he's extremely responsible. So he's extremely happy, and, you know, his whole life and his family's lives are, are changed forever. I have to say, Minnesota, I was laughing when the pick got announced because he's become very known for kind of his low-key NBA style, but mm-hmm. still very stylish. And it was a huge 
fan of the flannels. Mm -hmm. So he goes from an area like Portland where, you know, a lot of people are doing that. And then Minnesota is another place where, you know, flannels are very much the norm. So I think he'll fit in in that aspect, too. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, being on the Trailblazers, you know, they make it to Western Conference Finals. You know, just such a stacked team. And, you know, he wasn't, especially after, you know, the trades for a bunch of guys in the middle of the season, you know, even though he had started to really show out um, in January and February, he, you know, didn't get to play as much. Now he's going to Minnesota, a young team, um, you know, a space for him to really carve out a role for himself. Uh, What do you kind of see in the next year for him? Uh, I see more opportunity. He started half the year with the Trailblazers, played really well. Um, you know, he had a couple 20, 20 point games. He had a couple 20 point quarters. Um, the dude can play and he can guard and he's very athletic and, you know, he's a matchup nightmare. Um, he was in the wrong system. He had the wrong coach, uh, that, you know, if one thing worked, he stuck with it the rest of the, the playoffs. And he just ended up getting the, the bottom end of that. And that's how it was. And now he's onto a, onto a new team that, needs a little bit more oomph and a little more a little bit more go and I think he'll get you know a lot of opportunity and hopefully he can beat some guys out and and get into that second rotation or or you know be a starter right and one of the things I'm doing this summer for USA Today I'm working on a big article on custom shoes in the NBA and that trend mm-hmm. and I have to say he's stepping into a locker room with a lot of fire like mm-hmm. you've got Carl Anthony Towns Jordan Bell and Robert Covington who all just their shoe game is incredible. Always doing custom shoes. Do you think that Jake needs to step up his shoe game? Oh, he never will. He's so just, I guess a little bit has changed now, but it, he is so white tee, flannel, jeans, um, regular shoes. You know, I don't think he'll ever change into a guy that's wearing green, blue, and, and gray shoes that are popping or something like that. Um, so I, he does need to. Will he? No way. <laughs> See, no I think he should do, like, these artists are incredible. Like, they make these really um, detailed, like, paintings and stuff on the shoes. I think he needs to do, like, a Maryland shoe. Mm. I would like to see that. That'd be fire. And I'm sure Under Armour, I mean, I guess not Under Armour. I guess Adidas. Somebody can make him a, a shoe that has that really weird-looking flag that everybody loves so much. So, I don't even know if he'd wear it. He's not a he, – he's a University of Maryland Terrapin, but – He's not a Maryland guy. He's a he's a Boston guy. So maybe he can get the Boston flag or something on there. His fiance is from around here, though, right? Oh yeah. So maybe she'll influence him with the flag. I'm sure she will, and she loves the flag. And I'm just I'm joking around a little bit. I actually <laughs> yeah, kind of like the looks of it. The yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It's intimidating, especially when you see that thing bouncing up and down. You know, in the second half of of a big game. Uh, but no, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he does step up his shoe game because he's going to need to, or he's going to be the. Uh, the odd man out. How excited uh, are you for the wedding? How's the bachelor party? How's uh, that all shaping out? Uh, bachelor party was awesome. Uh, we were in Vegas and yeah, you can only imagine. And then um, the wedding is going to be awesome and I'm excited for him and I'm excited for Jasmine. I was always around Jasmine. They're, they're a great, great couple and you know, they're very, they're very similar and very different, but they, they, meet each other's needs. I feel like that's got to be hard of him picking his groomsmen because you've got so many, you know, teammates that are brothers. Oh, yeah. Who is, uh, are you, did you make the cut? Who is, who from Maryland uh, made the groomsmen cut? So he has five brothers. Oh, wow. 
so that decked it out and made it easy for him. He just told all five of those guys stand up there and that's that's who it's going to be. Um, so he didn't have to choose anything, and you know that's good. I, I, I'm glad he chose his brothers. They've they've been there since day one, so I'm glad he he had an easy decision with that and didn't feel like he had to you know short somebody out. Who's going to have the best dance moves at the wedding? Uh, probably myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've been I've been working on you know a couple a couple moves here and there and you know maybe maybe Jake's dog Tiny will be there and <laughs> dance a little bit with Indy my dog and you know it, it it'll be me probably though in in the end. <laughs> what what is your uh, go to move? Oh, uh, I just do random things and then when the beat drops I kind of you know hit that beat and then other than that I just kind of do a lot of random stuff in between that people laugh at. And then I try to put it onto onto beat and and go from there. All right. Now to wrap things up, thank you for taking time with us. We're gonna do some kind of rapid fire random questions uh-huh. for you. So first, favorite warm up song? Uh Every Day I'm with my team by Creek Boys. Funniest player you've been on a trip team with? Kevin. Really? Easily. Uh most super t- most superstitious guy that you've been with on a Maryland team? The entire South Pole, including Turgeon. <laughs> yeah, how superstitious is Turgeon? I had heard something while we were at the Big Ten tournament that he like changed hotels because he was superstitious about the hotel or something. Oh, he's, yeah, he he's he's nuts when it comes to superstitions. Uh, like it, it's everything. He walks the same way. He does the same. You know, he does the same everything. Like he <laughs> literally does the same everything every single time. So he's very superstitious. All right, and. You know, what does he really, you know, with Mark Turgeon, what does he expect out of his point guards? Uh, leadership, heart, and you got to want it more than the next guy. And he always talks about he was small, he was short. So he, he had to, you know, play with a lot of fire. He wants that out of his guards. Weirdest hotel or travel experience? Uh, per- Purdue, my sophomore year, we went to some really weird hotel. It was like almost an amusement. It was like <laughs> the creepiest thing ever. And I'm extremely, germ- I'm a germaphobe. And I'm I'm telling you, we stay in the nicest hotels ever, every single time we travel, except for this game. And it was because something was sold out at the, it was some weird thing. I think they're doing construction and it was miserable. Like I slept on towels and everybody else was good. No, I don't know what it seemed. It was just (laughs) weird. It was like a a weird playhouse and, you know, all the other guys loved it. I mean, they're freaking (laughs) out. They're all, you know, throwing throwing the football around or something like that, and I was just grossed out. They've got a nice trip to Orlando this year. Oh yeah, and this should be fun. Yeah, they do it right too. They, uh, I, you couldn't tell me somebody that travels nicer than we do. I, I enjoyed Jacksonville. That was nice, kind of getting the beach a little early. I'm sure you guys didn't get to mm-hmm. go, but mm-hmm. we, we <laughs> went to the beach on the off day. That was nice. Yeah. Um, okay, where is your towel now? Speaking of that tournament, you were very proud about that towel. Where is it now? Oh yeah, that towel was one of the nicest towels of all time. It's at my house now in Indy, um, and it's just sitting there. Is it is it framed on a wall? I should frame it. I probably will when I get a man cave, but um, for right now, it's just sitting out. All right, and football really showed up in style at the Big Ten Media Day the past couple of days. They were kind of going. Everyone on Twitter was saying they're the most stylish at the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> Who is better fashion, the football team or the basketball team? <laughs> Uh, it's not even close. It's the basketball team. Um, one through 15, every single player has better swag than any of the football guys. It's not even close. Right now on the team, who is the most swag? Myself. 
You're not with you anymore. All four years, I had the best swag. Right now, this very <laughs> second, Travis Valman, and that isn't close either. It's it, it's not yeah. even close. I remember Callan showed up in Gucci sw- well, slippers. Well, Anthony thinks he's <laughs> and Anthony thinks he's he's Mr. Gucci. Um, I guess his swag's all right, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. I, it's me, right? And the team is pretty obsessed with Chipotle. How many times a week did you guys go to Chipotle, and what is your go-to order? Uh, somebody that I would go down the street with went to Chipotle every single time. Anthony's obsessed with it. He loves it. He really is. Um, <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's obsessed with their salad dressing. Um, my go-to order was a burrito, no beans, white rice, chicken, double chicken. Um, I'd put salsa, corn salsa, cheese, lettuce, and sour cream every single time without fail. And how many times does Ant go to uh, Chipotle week? It seems like his just go-tos are Smoothie King and Chipotle, and that's all he eats. He's obsessed with Smoothie King. Although I will say everybody's diet has pretty much changed for their better. And like Eric Ayala is literally like just cut, shriveled now. Like, or shriveled, chiseled. (laughs) Chiseled now. And yeah, just he, like a diamond. Drunk. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> short as heck. Um, no, but it's uh, everybody's kind of changing their diet around. Uh, I think Anthony's no carbs right now. And yeah, he's uh, he's doing well. And so is Eric. And all the guys are, are really stepping into it. But Anthony, for sure. I came over last night and he had a Smoothie King smoothie. He's, he's weird. He's a weird guy. I have to say, they put in a new smoothie place, and I think it's better than Smoothie King. Really? He'll they, be upset you, if yeah. I tell him that, but... You won't get Anthony to ever say that. There's You're missing out. There's a lot of new places now. There's They're opening some good stuff. <sighs> I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I mean, everything it. in College Park just takes forever to come up. Exactly. <laughs> but it's the same thing every single night. Same, you know, Bentley's turf and Cornerstone. You got the three hallmarks, and then everything else is eh, around it. <laughs> All right, so we're wrapping things up here. If you, you know, have any remarks you want to make <coughs> to uh, Terp Nation, anything you want to say to everyone? <coughs> um, yeah, if we could, re- we could be a really dominant team, both football and basketball. Um, it helps getting recruits when you sell the arena out or you sell the stadium out. And uh, you know, if you want to sit on Terrapin hoops and and hate on all of us or Terps football and hate on that team. Uh, go right ahead, but you're not doing anything for us. Um, show up to the games, help us get recruits, and God only knows how tough it is to play in an, in an environment that is extremely tough. Uh, you see the Ohio State team come into Maryland last year, and we took them to overtime. It's not a secret. It's because it was a tough environment to play in. You know, We beat Purdue, who should have gone to the Final Four last year and beat the national champions. Um, we beat them at home because of a sold-out environment. It's not a secret. Um, if you want to do something, you want to be a part of a Big Ten championship regular season or help us win, get more recruits later on, or just help our coaches show out to the games. And if you're just going to sit there and hate, there's no reason to do it because your team will never get better if you don't show out. All right, guys, and that is Andrew Terrell. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, Terp Nation is definitely going to miss your energy on the bench and your uh, antics. I'm certainly going to miss your uh, pregame tradition. If you guys don't know, before every game, Andrew likes to, he'll either shoot from one of the front row seats and then he'll go past the three-point line and start shooting that. But I think you got Wiggins and some of those guys to start doing that. So 
uh, I guess we'll keep that carried on. Uh, oh, yeah, they will. They'll keep doing it. I sure hope so, at least. <laughs> we got good at that shot, too. All right. Well, thank you for joining the podcast. We will continue to be doing uh, more podcasts this year as we move to SB Nation's podcast site. So thank you all for tuning in.